Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. The only way to bag a classy lady is to give her two tickets to the gun show. It's Monday Gun Day with the gun guy. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. Stop calling your arms guns. I am and Nigel show. I know, I know. It's not Monday. It's Tuesday. Yesterday was a holiday. It feels like a Monday. It feels like a Monday. No well, we wanted to get Guy Relford back in here, 2A attorney, licensed firearms instructor, host of the Gun Guy Show Saturdays here on 93 WIBC. Guy, hope you had an awesome Labor Day weekend. How are you? Man, I'm great. And thanks as always to our sponsor for Monday Gun Day, even on a Tuesday. That's Premier Arms in Brownsburg with the largest selection of new, used, and historic firearms in the Midwest and PA Jewelers located right in the store. Check them out at 3754 South Green Street or premierarms.com. Boy, I feel like this story about how the Biden administration is trying to eliminate this so-called quote-unquote gun show loophole. Oh, man. Really went under the radar, sort of like dumping it at the end. This came out, what, Friday, late Thursday, maybe early Friday morning, coming into the Labor Day weekend. Start at the beginning, because I think this is a really big deal. You're involved in this sort of peripherally in more ways than one. What is the gun show loophole, and then what What does that mean, and then what is Biden trying to do here? Yeah, and, and there's never been such a thing as a gun show loophole, yeah, Nigel. I, I mean, it's a made-up term, much like you know assault weapon, but what it is is that if you're engaged in the business of buying and selling firearms, you're a gun shop gun store, gun retailer, then you have to have a federal firearms license. And if you have a federal firearms license, you have to put every sale through a background check. It goes into the, the National Instant Criminal Background Check System run by the FBI out of Wheeling, West Virginia, and they do a background check before you can sell that gun. If you're just a private citizen and you're not engaged in the business, you don't have to put somebody through a background check that you want to sell a gun to. So, if you offered me money right now, uh, hammer from you know the gun that I'm carrying, and you say, I, you know, we I'll give you seven hundred bucks for that. I, I got to have six. You, we say six fifty. I could sell you my gun right here, and there's no background check. There's it's still regulated in the sense that I can't sell it to you if I know you can't buy your own gun from a gun store. In other words, you're a felon or whatever. Right. But but otherwise. I can sell that to you without a background check. So the so-called gun show loophole is is what politicians say that you can sell a gun as between private individuals without a background check. Some people, yes, will do that at a gun show. I'm, I'm not there. I don't have a booth. I don't. I'm not set up with a table. I'm just walking through the gun show, and I've got a gun over my shoulder, and somebody can walk up and go, "Hey, man, is that for sale?" And I can sell it to them. And there's not a background check required. So that's why they've called it the gun show loophole. It has nothing to do specifically with gun shows. It's just private individuals. But a couple of things have happened. First of all, 
even before the so-called Safer Communities Act of 2022. You remember that one? That was a, a bill that passed last year. Um, even before that, <clears throat> the ATF has decided that what constitutes being engaged in the business of buying and selling firearms is 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 a lot lower threshold than what it ever had been before. Isn't they, it something about making a profit? If you yeah, intend well, to have a profit, then that makes you a dealer. That's the point. Like, is is is, is, is is the standard built right into the the statute used to say, um, but principally for livelihood and profit. So livelihood and profit basically means you're trying to make a living buying and selling guns, and the and the standard essentially is you're you're repetitively buying and selling guns with the primary motivation of making a profit, and 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 where somebody just is a private individual and they occasionally buy and or sell a gun, and some people are collectors and they build their collection by saying, okay, ooh, that's a better uh, example of this gun I have in my collection than the one I have, so I'll sell the one I have because you'll find that buy, at gun shows and you'll, you'll find that at gun shows, and so a lot of people. Have been doing that for a lot of years. They're not in the business. They're just building their collection. But the ATF, and I know this because I've had half a dozen of these cases that I've defended in federal court, where ATF's gone after people saying, well, you're engaged in the business. Like, no, I'm just a private individual. I'm just a collector. I'm not trying to make a profit. I'm not trying to make a living. But two things have happened. The ATF's gone after more and more people and they've, they've essentially lowered their, their threshold. Plus, they, in this Safer Communities Act, and we've talked about that, there were a whole bunch of different components to this. Um, that's where they talked about the boyfriend loophole, and I, we won't go down that road necessarily. We've talked about it in the past. But one of the things they said is they amended the definition of what's engaged in the business, and they took out livelihood. So now it's, you just principally are trying to make a profit in selling guns, now you're engaged in the business, and if you're engaged in the business of buying and selling firearms without a license, that's five years in federal prison. So, what, so now what <laughs> they're saying Lord. is, so if they catch you, this and here's the here's the indicate here's what they're implying here, is that if you go to a gun store, a gun show, I should say, or anywhere else, and sell a gun, and you make five more bucks on it than what you paid for it. Then they'll go, aha, you sold that principally to make a profit, and they will come after you because you don't have a federal firearms license and try to put you in federal prison for five years. So let's have a real chat about what this really means here. To me, this is the Biden administration's way of appeasing the gun-grabbing nuts, the moms demand action, all of those folks that keep writing those checks to the Democrats running for office. This is their back alley way of saying, look, we're doing the best we can with the rules that are out there. We're going after the guns. Please donate some more. Well, no, I think that's exactly right. Um, and, and, and what it also is, is that it's a way around Congress because they haven't ever been able to institute what they call universal background checks, right? Which is to require a background check on every private sale. So this is the way around that to basically say, well, okay, there's no universal background checks because we can't get that through Congress. Why has but, that never gone through, by the way? They just don't have the votes for it. Beca- and plus, because exactly. it's a couple of reasons. One is because our are the are the two criminals, the two gang members in a back alley who are you know trading a gun, <laughs> right. you know for for a bag of crack cocaine? Are they going to care about universal background checks? No, but the other thing is because it's also a requirement for universal registration. Because because how do you know like if I sold you that gun you know that I'm carrying and you walked out of here with it and then you get pulled over and you have it, how would they ever come back to me and say I sold that gun to you without a background check unless there's registration to know that I own the gun originally? 
They, right. they can't prove that, I, you know, who sold it to you unless there's registration. So it's a backdoor way to get registration. So what this is, is, okay, you don't want universal background checks? Fine. We won't have universal background checks. But if you sell a gun and you make a dollar on it, we're going to put you in prison for five years. So now it's up to you. Will you sell that gun to a private individual or will you, in fact, sell it to a gun store who's got to then uh, only sell it to somebody with a background check? So for argument's sake, let's just say wow. this thing goes through. Wouldn't Hunter Biden be extremely guilty of a lot of these things they're trying to pass through right now? He already is. Well, <laughs> without that. He's already guilty of the crime of lying on the 4473 form. That's the form you fill out in the gun store when you're buying a gun. And, and one of them is, are you a user of or addicted to any illegal drugs? And he said no. And in his autobiography, specifically admitted he was addicted to, to crack cocaine at the exact time that he filled that form out and said no. So they have an open and shut case that he lied on that form. Would that come back in the way that this would work? Would that come back on the gun store that ultimately gave Hunter Biden his weapon? No, because they, they don't, don't know. know. And, well, yeah. unless there's some reason to, to, you know, unless they could show somebody read his autobiography, <laughs> but right. that came out well afterwards. But so back to the- I, I say that facetiously, but but they, unless they know you're lying on the form, it's not their fault that you lied on the form. But, but back to this gun show loophole. So so what? So is the ATF doing this? Is Biden like? How are they going to? codify this into some sort of law without well, Congress. I well, don't they, get well, it. I, well, they proposed a rule, which is basically how ATF interprets federal law. And they have the benefit of the fact that the law was changed as part of this so-called Safer Communities Act. Um, that, By the way, one of our Republican senators voted for. Um, right here from Indiana, but they have the the fact that this livelihood word has been taken out of the definition out of the federal statute, and that's what this uh, statute passed in 2022 did. So they have the benefit of that. Plus, they've now proposed a rule that says, here's how we're going to enforce this. And they're, they're giving everybody notice, which basically, if you sell a gun for profit, we have the opportunity to come after you and put you in federal prison for five years, even though um, you're clearly not in the business wow. otherwise of buying and selling guns. Go back to the Indiana senator in question, Todd Young, yeah. that voted for this. Didn't he reach out to your office and ask for your feedback? Do I remember this correctly? Yeah, and actually, that part of it I give him a lot of credit for, because I was really concerned. I was concerned about this, but I was even more concerned about the so-called boyfriend loophole. That is, you know, a crime of domestic violence um, prohibits you, if you have a conviction for a crime of domestic violence, that prohibits you from possessing a firearm. And part of that same act said, well, uh, a crime of domestic violence includes uh, a misdemeanor battery committed by someone that, that you haven't been married to, that you have never lived with, that you've never had a child with, but you've been in, and I forget, it was some really amorphous, uh, terrible definition, like you've been in an enduring romantic relationship with. And I, I, I read this and I went, what the <laughs> hell is that? I mean, does that mean if I stared longingly into your eyes? over a long dinner. Very enduring I mean, guy. I, I don't know what that means. And, and so if it's a criminal statute that can, that can put you in prison and you don't, you can't tell what the hell it means. I'm a lawyer and I couldn't tell what it meant. And, 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 and I, it's just a bad law. So I, I contacted his office really through his website and just said, uh, this is really a bad law. I really don't think you should vote uh, in favor of it on the floor because he had already voted in favor of, of ending debate and sending it for a vote. So that's kind of an indication of how he's likely to vote on it 
on its substance. So I contacted his his uh, office through his website, and to his credit, uh, my phone rang, and I looked over, and it says Senator Todd Young. And I'm okay. Yeah, so. And I love it how you gave him all this sage advice why this is so dumb and arbitrary <laughs> and <laughs> anti two A, and he sat down there and took the time to listen to you, and he still voted for it anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the Indiana know, Republicans yeah. right now. Yeah, but it, but it was it was a, and it was a long conversation. I, I without exaggerating, it had to be you know approaching half an hour. And uh, I hung up and I went, wow, you know, I was really good and I, I was really <laughs> persuasive. And, and and I thought, and I went, wow, the fact, you know, U.S. Senator just called me and asked for my input. And yeah, I was, a lot of good it did. I was, <laughs> yeah, I was, I, was pretty, I was pretty full of myself. And then, and then I, you know, then, uh, what's the biblical saying? You know, pride cometh before the yep, fall. There it is. Because <laughs> then I went back and I, I read the vote and I said, well, apparently I don't have the poll I thought I did. But I, but, I mean, I, I do give him credit for reaching out and at least soliciting my input apparently i just didn't uh, i didn't i didn't rule the day on the argument tuesday gun day today because we were off on monday you bet nigel and i were talking a little bit earlier about how it was such a violent weekend in the city of indianapolis and the city deserves better than the mayoral candidates that we have because when you're talking about 30-year-old dudes shooting each other in the parking lot of great times, people being shot in the parking lot of gas stations. Both of these losers, Boss Hogsett and Jefferson Shreve, they're blaming law-abiding citizens like us. Yeah, if we just uh, repeal constitutional carry, which is only available for law-abiding citizens, then that'll fix all of this. You know, and Because, of course, all these people who aren't worried about committing the crime of murder um, are suddenly going to comply with any new uh, regulation, any new ordinance the city of Indianapolis will pass, which, by the way, only carries a fine. So these people aren't worried about going to prison for the rest of their lives for murder. But <laughs> if Jefferson Shreve or, or or Boss Hawks gets an ordinance passed that could fine these people for carrying their firearm in Marion County, then that'll suddenly make us all safe. And how incredibly ludicrous is that? The fact that they actually can say it with a straight face is what's amazing to me. And if Jefferson Shreve thought this, all right, fine. But he's got the whole system behind him here. Yeah. Like, there's a support group of Indiana Republicans that are pulling the strings on this campaign that think, yeah, you know what? If you're the kind of guy that's 30 years old, hanging out at great times, shooting people, you're going to be scared of a fine. <laughs> and we're going to blame Guy Relford. And we're going to blame Jason Hammer for this. That's insane. It, it is insane. And, and and what concerns me is that it appears to be to a, be a movement within the Marion County Republican Party to say, well, if we want to win an election in Marion County, we just simply have to become Democrats. Um, or at least we have to become Democrats on some issues. And I think their base, uh, and I think they're about to learn this in this uh, election with Shreve, uh, is going to absolutely reject that. And when you lose your entire base, as as Shreve absolutely should, he's earned that. Uh, and by the way, the election's over. I mean, if I thought he had any chance anymore of beating Hogsett, you know, I'd, I'd be all in because I really want to get rid of Joe Hogsett. But that having been said, Shreve's lost the election because he's, he's lost so much of his base. But what they're going to learn here in Marion County is that, first of all, they're not going to switch their votes. That is, the traditional Hogsett voters aren't going to go, oh, look, I like Joe Hogsett's gun control policies coming out of Jefferson Shreve's mouth more than I do coming out of Joe Hogsett's. <laughs> right. So I'll go vote for him. So the Democrats that have been voted for Hogsett are not going to come vote for Shreve because of this. And then he's going to lose his base on top of it. So he's not going to gain anything. He's going to lose his base. And he's going to get beat by historic 
proportions. And you know what? Because he had he only had a puncher's chance to begin with. The fact that he's lost that, I hope he gets wiped off the face of the map on this thing because I want to send that message to the Indianapolis Republican Party. Follow him on Twitter at Guy Relford and listen to the Gun Guy Show Saturdays here at 93 WIBC. Guy, thank you. Thanks, guys. It's a Hammer and Nigel show.